Talk About Writing with Scott Rogers. He talks to cool guests about their creative process and whatnot. And we're live. All right. All right. So this show is called Talk About Writing with Scott Rogers. I'm Scott Rogers. I just want to talk to friends who are writers, makers of things, talk about the creative process and just their life and how they're doing and uh, whatever else we feel like talking about. Sometimes, you know, hopefully some insights into their creative process and yours. But uh, yeah, today we got the first show. We got the first guest. When I thought about doing this, I I thought about this person, Emma Thatcher. She's a writer, director, actor, editor, photographer, auteur, some would say. And uh, yeah, she, I know her through uh, the kind of acting world. And then uh, she took uh, some writing classes of mine. She wrote her script. She went out and she made it. The film's called Provo. It's awesome. And uh, so that's a big part of what I want to talk about today, you know, have her share a bit of her insight uh, and uh, regale us with some tales of her experience making the movie and uh, who she is in general. So we got Emma. How are you, Emma? Hey. Oh, tour. Wow. <laughs> cool i used to be like oh i don't believe in the auteur theory but when it like came out of your mouth i was like that's pretty cool yeah it sounds cool when someone says it about you i heard somewhere that it means it means like a a a mad person like a like someone who's lost it like not endearing per se yeah someone could check that but uh yeah i thought it was like cool french new wave like well that's what it's become i think guerrilla filmmaking okay cool yeah now, is there some kind of crime going on where you are? I'm hearing sirens. Are, are, are you hearing sirens? I think they're gone now. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in Evanston. I can't imagine it's like... I don't know what that means, but... Oh, <laughs> suburbs of Chicago. Okay. I'm at my mom's house because she has faster internet, so hopefully you can see sure. me without yeah. a lot of trails. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Evanston. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it means, you know? Um like if I was like, they grew up in Hawthorne, did, would you know what that meant? Yeah, exactly. Uh, nope. <laughs> I grew up in Orange We're County, California. Cause you, I know where that is. You grew up in Utah, right? Did you grow up in Utah? I didn't, but a lot of people think that now. Um, they just assume that I grew well, up in Well, where did you grow up? No, in just, Illinois, Chicago? In Chicago, yeah. Got on the it. south side of Chicago. Um, yeah. But because I'm an ex-Mormon, people assume. Yeah. I'm from the promised land. And then, spoiler alert, you made a movie currently titled Provo. Who knows when some big distributor purchases it, if they're going to cha- want to change the title or not. That does happen, of course. But uh, um, Provo, as in Provo, Utah's, and your movie's about a, a young woman who takes a road trip to Provo, Utah, from the Chicagoland area, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um Let's just start talking about it. Let's talk about your movie. You well, you outlined and you wrote. Which movie? <laughs> well, you got a new yes. one cooking. You got a new one cooking. I, I do. Yeah. Uh, but with Provo, uh, right now I am picture locked. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, I have relinquished some, uh, some uh, stylistic choices with post-production and I have a sound designer working on it Mm -hmm. and my DP is coloring it. Um, It was quite a process. Neil is uh, his name. Yeah. 
Neil, yeah, yes. I, I get to I can't wait Neil to bit. see like our skin tones. Like everything's just kind of like a wash right now. He's I doing the color himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. He is. Yes. Look at him go. Cinematographer um, and colorist. Oh yeah. Incredible. He's gonna kill it. I'm excited. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh so that'll hopefully be done in the next like month and a half. Um but I started production um uh last year in the spring and Mm -hmm. we wrapped like in July and then I was just editing for six months and it's it was it's a lot of (laughs) a lot of different versions of that story Mm -hmm. um it was like there was a version that was two and a half hours long Uh I can't all of it rewriting in and of itself right it's like we get so totally and the scripting, the process, it's, I try to tell people that, you know, we want to arrive at a result so fast when it's like, just throw it up. It's going to change. It's going to evolve in through the yeah. shooting of it. You're rewriting and then you're cutting it, mm-hmm. you're cutting it and recutting it. And yep. it's a malleable will, thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Until it's not, I guess. You cons- Until you yeah. decide to finish. <laughs> it's, it's locked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you can really construct a whole conversation. Like I would have to pull like reaction shots from me <laughs> or my co-star that had nothing to do with like even like the part of the scene that I was editing. Um, it's pretty amazing what you can do and and like how like as an audience will just like buy it like a lot like a lot of the time like you think that like no one's ever gonna um, let like it's not gonna fly but mm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, lots of editing magic. <laughs> That's cool. Um... Yeah, is there anything else that you've learned through that six month editing process as far as writing is concerned too? Like what like you say, like audience will let things go or uh what mm-hmm. that you feel like they need or don't need or what people responded to? Yeah, I, I think I I think I overwrote my script a bit. I really mm-hmm. was a little obvious with some like character traits. Like uh my character is an alcoholic and then like and like a, like a bit of a drug addict. So like every single mm-hmm. scene, she had to be like pounding booze, mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> like, like pills everywhere all the time. And uh, my friend- uh, Are you uh, seeing Tom, this? <laughs> Are you seeing this? This is my character. <laughs> I am crazy. <laughs> uh, so audiences don't, audiences don't need that. I'm realizing mm. they don't, like if you show them once, like, and they're like, you know, actually watching and not just like texting through it, hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. um, then they will digest that and they will remember that. And you do not have to have the same scene or the same moment over and over. I think sometimes like I would repeat a moment, especially if I thought it was like good or something. I feel sure. like I would just like, I would be like, oh, let's, let's, let's repeat that. Yeah. Um, but then in editing, that was just all so, like, it was all pared down. Um mm-hmm. And I think audiences are smarter than I maybe gave them credit for. Uh, you thought they were dumb. Keep things up. I thought they were really dumb. Yeah. 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 But turns out they're geniuses. Are they though? No. <laughs> <laughs> Different people, I guess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I found that to be true. That's that's it's cool to you know plug into that to be like. We only, they only need to see it one time or, or that balance between what do people not want to know or not even care to know? What are they willing to just right. be like, Oh, let's figure out 
I'll figure this out as I go, like who this is, what's yeah. happening, just that, mm-hmm. that balance. And then some things I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's, those are like arbitrary details. Like that's not about, like, that's not about the core of their r- relationship or, or um, to the, like the arc of the story. When with some, when I did some screenings, they were like, actually, like, I, I was curious, like a little bit more about the nature or the history of their relationship. Like, mm. and, but also I had to figure out what is curiosity and like people being invested and like like just wanting more of those characters in general Mm -hmm. and what is actual confusing like confusion that like bumps for them yeah 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 that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so you you production the main shoot shooting stuff uh was spring of 2021 right when did you Mm -hmm. first get the idea when did you write it when was it in when were you, was that end of twenty twenty? Yeah, end of yeah in in October. Um, I took one of your first uh, outline mm-hmm. classes. That's right. Um, wow, that feels like a long time. I feel like so much has changed. Yeah, it was the fall of twenty twenty, <laughs> right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was working at this like shitty portrait studio job, and I would like mm-hmm. be writing in the mm-hmm. in the basement of it. Um, I remember that. And it, it like it got me, I got me through that that fucking horrible job. Um, but mm-hmm. I finished. I had like a pretty decent draft by like like January or so, um, mm-hmm. and then I just started looking. You just went right in on, on it. You made a lookbook, mm-hmm. you know, which is, those who don't know is yeah basically some pictures and words that tell people what your movie is or what it wants to be. Potentially other mm-hmm. films that are similar to it, uh, uh, et cetera. But, uh, you did that all yourself pretty quickly right after. And, uh, I I did. Yeah. And I feel like I, yeah. And that was, you said it kind of served you throughout the production process. Definitely. It like, it, well, it made me totally clarify my vision and my influences and just what I was going for visually. And like, after once my whole crew of, four people mm-hmm. um they were able to comb through it and every it was a very like there's just a unified um vision between all of us mm. i think through the lookbook and i thought that maybe lookbooks were i don't know on the same thing as like pitch decks or something like stuff that i didn't really need because it was like self-funded and mm-hmm. totally micro budget but it's not just like you know like thin marketing like it is really getting to the core um of the visual storytelling Um, and it was also really fun. So to make it fun to make it. Yeah. I used InDesign for the first time. It's like scrapbooking. (laughs) It, that's like, it is what it is kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's its own little like vision board, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. with like, this is what the story wants to be, you know, but, uh, that's Mm -hmm. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Where are you at in this moment? You're color correcting. You submitted to some film festivals. Uh, I did. Yeah. I submitted a, a work in progress cut, mm-hmm. which is like, I don't like, it's interesting that that is a thing that people do. And can will they just trust me that eventually it's going to look and sound like great? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know yet. I haven't heard back um, from the festivals yet. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's all, it's all not really out of my hands, but I'm getting it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. How's that feel? 
Um, it's it feels vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I think I became very attached to it through editing. Like, it just was some parts of it. Even when it was frustrating, was just a very fun challenge for me. Um, especially because of like, it's it's a road trip movie mm-hmm. and there's these beautiful shots of like my favorite places in the world and then i would just kind of like get to relive that mm-hmm. a lot um <laughs> and it was kind of it was bittersweet finishing it um <laughs> but i'm relieved once i start like once i was able to like i was like all right signing up for your next class like i gotta start brainstorming like i felt like i was just a little bit more of a person again, not just like an editing like cave troll in my little studio. I hear that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you're back in wanting to make a new one. I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. So it was I think a I'm... positive enough of an experience to be like, this is what I want to spend my life and time yeah. doing. Yeah. Even that's, it sounds a bit cheesy, but even like when I, was like kind of breaking my body, like lifting like all this like heavy gear, or like mm-hmm. like just like dealing with like crafty stuff. Like yeah. I I wasn't I didn't have the attitude of like I had the like why the fuck am I doing this? But not I'm never gonna do this again. Like I knew <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was gonna get like antsy and want to do this all over again. Um I wasn't sure if I was gonna go the like punk rock micro budget mm-hmm. route again. But after some time, like, you know, s- some time away from production, like I feel kind of charged and ready to throw myself into it again. And I'm not going to be acting in this one. So I'll be able to be behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a difference for sure. Um, mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, you know, for most of your life, you were someone who hadn't, written, directed, starred, edited their own feature film, and now you're someone who has. What Yeah. What do you say to someone who maybe has an inkling that they, maybe they could do it? Because you even talked about, you know, going full punk rock, and, like, mm-hmm. you had friends. It was, like, you guys worked for very, very much nearly nothing, right? And... uh mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's funds and money that needs to be had to make a movie, but it was very much an intentional aesthetic to be like, we're doing this to do it and get it done as a group. And so you were able to do that, Um, you know, because I think that's a big part of what might stop people who have a a desire to make something. I know that even, you know, for me, it's like, do you, you try to get more money? Do you try to pitch it to people and get a full on production and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars into it and how, yeah. or if I do it myself, just how cheap can I do it? And what's the, the give and take, I guess. So uh, anything about your experience or advice? Yeah. I, I'm sure you're going to interview people that will say that you need a certain amount of money, but mm. I worshiped those mumblecore like mm-hmm. 2002 to 2009 people. Um, I like studied Lynn Shelton's career, like, they, they all kept saying, um, be prolific and like things will start to happen. Wow. Just like expect to be poor and like get together with your friends and like make sure you feed them. <laughs> they always mm-hmm. said like, just make sure everyone's like well fed. Um, yeah. And that's the, that's what I know. I don't really know the like, 
oh, I'm going to go to these like fancy LA lunches and, and pitch my idea. But now that I have this under my belt, I definitely have the confidence to, you know, start to think more business like, um, but I think if, if, if you have a few friends and you have like a, a, like a prosumer camera, like a, like an A7S or, you know, like a camera that's not, um, necessarily like a Netflix, like, like $50,000 camera, but, um, there's some used ones that are like a thousand black magics are beautiful. Like the color science mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, some of my favorite directors, like their first work is just, it's very lo-fi, but it is so human and, and beautiful. And they, it does great at festivals and their, you know, their, their careers eventually, um, took off afterwards. So if, if you have like you know, the time mm-hmm. mostly, cause, um, it really is, it's, it's a matter of time. It's time consuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to spend much money if you're just doing it a lot of it yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember like, uh, the, I think the like high maintenance Ben Sinclair, um, said like the prosumer camera uh democratized filmmaking and i feel like i've like really internalized that and that's been like my manifesto because i think it is very exciting that um filmmakers are able to not have to get the the go-ahead from a studio and are able to Mm -hmm. make things in their environments and be extremely creative with it absolutely it's very exciting that's all i'm hoping to like be a part of with all the like teaching you, you know, you just start offering yourself up as a teacher and mm-hmm. just great people come around, you know, and you just see how many people are genuinely talented, genuinely passionate and mm-hmm. just wanting to do, to make a movie, wanting to set out on their own yes. and do these things. But mm-hmm. it's a collaborative art form, even in the, the tiniest of crews like you had, it's still, is about people and uh, getting out there. And then I think with the last couple of years, it's exacerbated a lot of our feelings of isolation as well as our feelings of what do I want to do with the one life that I have on earth? And so I, I'm hoping that I can bring energy around me of other people wanting to make things and uh, yeah, help you, more stuff you get do. made. You absolutely do. I mean, I could even see it after our one class who, and that class has like a bunch of like working writers, but they're coming to you because they need for God knows what, huh? Yeah, encouragement. Yeah, I mean that's God a lot of it. it. Yeah, yeah, teaching is just um, a role, you know. It's just like uh, mm-hmm. setting up a module and uh, guiding, mm-hmm. being uh, the initiator and the guide of things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But like a director, you got to set a tone. You got to do whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying that. Um, You know, I like it. Trying to get better at it for sure. You know, and I see it so clearly as any of the, you know, it's just because it's what I long for internally myself, either like in a collaborator or just trying to bring out of myself, you know, (laughs) trying to talk to myself differently. You know, I, I definitely. Yeah. Have can stop myself and go, God, I'm so much nicer to everyone else than to me. I'm so much more yeah. supportive to everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's just, I think, how it goes, you know, for some, mm-hmm. you know, we all have different 
little voices inside of us and uh, all that shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I've been trying to do get better at that. Like, take some time to be like, "You're all right too, man. You're doing good. It's okay. You know, <laughs> are all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're all you're, we're all right. You're so good with encouraging other people to be shameless and just do it. Yeah, you mm. should tell yourself a little, a little bit shameless. Too. I'm definitely shameless, and uh, hence why I start, I was like, hey, let's start a show that's just me half sh- soliciting for my writing classes. <laughs> you know, like, oh, this is content. Just take my fucking class. Please help me out. I got I got kids to feed. I'm getting old, and so I got to have jobs all the time. You know, you got to become more industrious. And I put myself on the hook here. With I got these kids, I got to. It's funny, but it's also true. Uh, uh, You know, Mm -hmm. it's a good motivator. Um, Yes. Now I'm forced to try to become all that I can be. You know, Mm -hmm. was never was never going to join the armed forces or do anything like that. I I didn't go to college, but. uh, I found some structure in trying to make structure for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, it helps. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it helps. That's very cool. Oh. I think it's all right. I think it's good. It's weird to teach. Oh, yeah. Not that this is the whole thing we're talking about, but it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to do. <laughs> How come? Because yeah. you. I don't know. You just like, like for me, because I never was like I didn't go to screenwriting school or whatever, you know, I didn't get a degree in screenwriting. I didn't, I just read some books, you know, like when we made dramatics, I had only read save the cat before I, we literally just cat and I, when we wrote it was, that's the book we looked at, you know, it was just like, okay, yep. A catalyst happens. And then this is here. And, and that's what got us through the movie. I do think as I've studied other books and ideas that you go, Oh, there's other ways to kind of dig into arc and the meaning and the change and say the cat doesn't really get into that. But mm-hmm. one way or another, it's, it, I do believe in what gets you to do something is is good. You know, I think that's yes. good. I think there's a lot yeah. of like, uh, I don't know, rhetoric, whether it's amongst like an L.A. screenwriting thing or whoever. Or I don't know, like, I think people are quick to be like, most movies suck and most scripts suck and it's never going to make it. And like, it's in a way it's true, you know, but like Mm -hmm. it's used, I think as a like intimidation thing or like, but that's why you got to come to me and give me, you know, all your money. I just want some of the money, you know? Um, But anyways, uh, but I think (laughs) I try to come from a place of like, I think you have to like nurture all of it, nurture that it's going to not be the best thing, you know? And like, yeah. Just get on the train, you know, I get people writing the first movie they've ever written and you're stoked and you're like, I fucking did it. I got to the top of the mountain. Then you go like, oh, I got to, it's probably not going to be the best one I ever write. <laughs> and is it even <laughs> good or does this draft work? And you go, oh, okay. You, you kind of humble yourself and you go, well, this is a lifelong thing here, you know? And whether it's one movie or your whole life, you know, it just, trying to get better as a creative person. And I think the microcosm of making one movie back to thinking about how 
how many times you rewrite it in the edit, how many re times, you know, and that's just one movie, yeah. but that's everything all the time. You know, we're just yeah. constantly investigating, changing, you know, but to have the, 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 the bravery to put out your imperfect thing and have people go like, ah, oh, but that's what makes it good. You know, that's what makes it better mm -hmm. is like putting it out there. But yeah, back to you here, yeah. you, you know, you, I don't know. That's just what, you know, and I'm, I'm so interested in, in you and in so many ways. And so like, so awesome, all the stuff you're doing and love being friends with you and watching you work Me and too. stuff. And, uh, but yeah, just what is it? A lot of people, and myself included, you know, I'm like trying to make this movie in my backyard and in my house and have intentions to do it. But to really commit when there isn't, because it's almost easier if someone's like, I'll green light your movie and here's $2 million, because then all of a sudden it just starts rolling and you're like, yeah, okay, let's do it. But to be like, I got nothing except for a couple yeah. friends, but by God, I'm going to do this. That's what is stopping you right now? What would you say? Like the, the biggest thing mm. time. Well, I'm it's <laughs> with this, like the backyard movie specifically. Um, mm -hmm. well, I am actively working on it mm -hmm. and getting new ideas all the time. And I've been talking with a friend of mine about kind of developing it together. So like it is moving. Cool. Um, but even then, you know how much you can work on something and have it still not ever get on, you know, the track of we're actually going to freaking get together and make this mm. fucking thing, you know? And so yeah. maybe some of what's stopping me now is I have always been so interested in, you know, I'm doing a lot of improvisation. I like to, I want to smash up, you know, the norms of how to do something, try to create something mm. new. But I think I get scared with that because it's not a clear map, you know, of like, here's a script. And I know like Duplass Brothers would talk about like, we'll have a script, but with the intention of smashing it up, you know, but right. I don't yeah, know. Like have, a, have like a B minus script. Yeah. Because what do you think <laughs> about be okay that? Like, with that? How much did, how uh, reverent were you to your script or like how much um, what, did having the script allow you to move forward? You're really just having a reference point for people. It, it really was and I, even like with casting I would be changing the script like it really I think the foundation and the skeleton and everything is the outline for me because mm. I wasn't writing like a like a heightened period piece where like you know every syllable mattered it was right. more about uh what the characters want and what they're going through um mm -hmm. and we we would memorize the scene as much as we could, um, like while I was driving across Wyoming. Um, but it was once you're once I'm and I like I like to put things in my own words, even if they are my own words. Um, it helps me uh, be myself and find things mm. in the moment. Um, and it's nice to let go of the script when you know the script so well like when you know the story mm -hmm. the story is like inside of you then i think the abandonment that you can find once you're on your feet is feels really good i love that yeah so let's just keep talking more about this process like you had your crew and mm -hmm. 
but so you shot some stuff in Chicago. That's kind of how you got started, right? Mm-hmm. You shot those scenes in. Is that because the movie ends not in Chicago, so it wasn't like you had to shoot the beginning and the end of the movie? You, did you shoot pretty much in chronological order? Yeah, yeah, we did for the so most part. You shot in Chicago, and then yeah. at some point you got in the mm-hmm. car. And how long were you on the road? Tell us about. Tell me about that. Yeah, in Chicago, we we actually um, spaced it out a bit for scheduling reasons and also so I could look through the dailies and learn very fast I think Mm -hmm. uh, Neil my DP and I like we like from like the first like that porch scene with um uh, the the stepsister um we were like okay that's a way to cover a scene and then I think we just um after it's like having a little bit of time to adjust Mm. and everything was was I think crucial but then once we were on the road it was like nine days on the road and we didn't even have time to second guess anything and I think because we had the the kind of foundation that we found in Chicago we were on a very like there was some symbiosis like there was some very cool energy between all of us um but it was also very stressful Um, everyone would be I mean we just were so tired Um, the space even like the spaces between locations like all of that driving like was just a lot on us but um, and like there was like and everyone was very invested in the story and I'm extremely grateful for that because I could, I could go to my soundie for, you know, like, what do you think? What do you think? Like I could ask anyone what they thought um, if I needed um, some help with the scene and they would have like crucial and like really interesting creative choices that I would like use. Like it was a very, um, yeah, it was quite an ensemble. It reminded me of like, like theater, like when, like there isn't really like above the line, below the line shit in theater, like. I would just do like dorky improv, like not like, not like haha funny improv, like rolling around mm-hmm. on the ground and like, <laughs> um, like story theater improv, yeah. but just like listening to the group. Um, but then that would also, I think some conflict came out of that because when you're invested and you think that you have the clear vision for a story, then you think that your perspective is the correct one. So there are definitely some debates, but they always like, we always ended up having a better scene after the debates. They were just hard because you, because you're like, I'm also like close with them. Like they're my friends. Mm. So having any kind of like argument, um, it was tough. But we got through it, and now everyone's, like, chill with each other again. And I'm really glad. Yeah. Well, hats off to you for uh, being confident enough to be open. You know, I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. get stuck in, this is how I thought it should be, and it's about me. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's just not really what it's about. And that's not how you make the best thing, necessarily. But I just love hearing you talk about that, just because it really just puts energy into whatever this, the film is, the fact that Mm -hmm. the people who are off the camera, you know, just are not seen, but they're off to the side in the room on some level that does, that is part of it. You know, that's part of the feeling of the movie is the process and how you arrive Mm -hmm. at it and the energy on set. And sure. I think there's plenty of stories of 
this was the worst set. Everyone fought the whole time and right. the movie's <laughs> yeah. incredible. And you're like, wow. But I think that's when they have millions of dollars too. It's a little easier, but uh, yeah. to, to go about it in mm-hmm. that way is uh, just awesome. It's yeah. It's, I, I feel like I kind of took a risk with it, but I think we were able to achieve a really cool level of intimacy. Um, I think like after the scene where um, I'm like, uh, I get the call about my, my dying dad, Mm -hmm, um, like mm -hmm. just getting out of the shower. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and, and then I like, I'm like peeing, like while I find out that my dad uh, is dying. And, uh, once I had that scene in this teeny bathroom with my DP, like there was, there was just no shame after that. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, I felt like siblings. When we did, uh, when we shot dramatics, the first setup of the movie was, a shot of my naked butt and because uh, there was a like a quick shot where it's like the characters had had sex and then it's like cut to afterwards and I'm like washing a dish with no clothes on and uh, mm-hmm. you know had a sock on or whatever but uh, um, it was uh, just one of those things you know and it was like more than four people but it was not a huge crew you know and it was half of it was yeah. shot in the apartment where I, I, I had lived with Kat and um Mm-hmm. But yeah, when that was, I think Matt Miller from Vanishing <laughs> Angle, you know, that was the first feature they did. And Matt was the okay. producer, but also basically the line producer and the, uh, he would click the sticks all the time too. Uh, he was the first AD okay. and he would click the sticks cool. and all that stuff. But uh, well. all to say, I think, I think it was maybe a little intentional to be like, let's just start here. I think so. You rip yeah, the bandaid like, off and it's sort of like, okay, well, mm-hmm. this is, I'm exposed. You're, you are all part of this and uh, let's make a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a let's good get into it. icebreaker. If you're cool with everyone on set and you're like, not <laughs> fucking creepy. <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's probably. Well, like, you were taking, like, your, your character is taking a shower. You're just yes. naked in the shower. Yeah. I was naked in the shower. Yep. Um, the phone, acting, but it really, like, towels, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole thing. I think just, I guess something about, I mean, that level of intimacy or nudity, like it, I think it was like kind of like the sky's the limit for like uh, what we can do with improvising too. Mm. Um, like it really didn't, I, I get shy, like just generally, like, or like when I like first like start dating someone or something, like I can just feel myself getting shy and I'm just really Aww. glad that we got to a point where, oh, I'm shy. You're like shy at first? <laughs> I'm, I'm still loud, but I'm shy and okay. I don't really understand that, but. Um, Are you, you're a loud person? Yeah. You consider yourself loud? I think I think so, you actually. can project if needed. You're a trained actor, but. Uh, There's someone You never told struck me, that. me as loud kind of recently and i think i internalized it he was like when you get nervous you get loud that okay okay i can see that yep i think people do that they get a little uh Mm -hmm. it's a little louder a little more uh Mm -hmm. stilted yeah and like i think that's like the midwestern thing too i'm just like "Ah, interesting i'm fine (laughs) wow i love it and so what's next you got another movie you're working on? I yeah 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 because you you were an actor for a long time, right? You, you mm-hmm. um, yeah I because yeah when did what are the early days for Emma? What got you into early it? Days for Emma, yeah. 
Uh, I loved writing poetry and short stories. As a um, child. That, as a child, okay. yes. And I, I was also like a jock. And I was very, just generally, I, I'm an intense person. And when I do something, I really do it. And intense jock what... poet. I like it. <laughs> cool. That's cool. Yeah, I was like a swimmer. And swimmers, it's, mm-hmm. swimming is just fucking hard. And it's like an individual sport. And it's just mm-hmm. really competitive. Um, takes up all your time. Its own form but... of poetry, some would say. No, there's no, you just go back and forth. <laughs> there's nothing. Mm, okay. <laughs> you just tried to be, be fast. I guess water polo uh, came into my head too. That feels more like. I, I water polo was fun. Yeah. I liked water polo and it was a bunch of like weirdos on the team. Um, so that was chill, but swimming, not so much. And I started realizing that, um, especially in like middle school when I was, uh, bad, when I was a bad kid. Um, so you were a bad started... kid. You were a bad kid. Was... Miss... Emma. Don't do, don't do that. That is so bad. That's not good. I know. You're a bad like, kid, huh? Rebelling. Yeah, like, I like I'm... worshipped like Kirk. I was like really into like Kurt Cobain and like <laughs> I don't know being bad. I was very like boisterous too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Just I was kind like, of rebelling against uh, authority and such. And... Yeah, I think uh, my uh, kind of repressive, strict upbringing made me explode. Mm-hmm. Quite well, Kurt Cobain was, I mean, you're younger than I, I think. Because uh, I remember yeah, being... Yeah, pretty, I'm pretty Gen X with a lot of my music stuff. Because, like, when he died and like, was that 94, 95? I was in it junior was like high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was a big day at school. It was people were messed up, oh. you know. But, yeah, you were... Uh... Well, I was messed up through <laughs> through middle school. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i just liked how emotional he was and emo and i didn't actually like emo but i liked grunge um but i realized that swimming sucked okay. uh and i tried to i oh i did like a mentorship program at university of chicago where i got to write write little plays um and that was my first time acting and i really hated the um public high school that my family moved to in the suburbs mm-hmm. um we went from south side south side chicago to like extremely Republican, probably similar to Orange County, um, Chicago suburbs. And I, my angstiness just was overwhelming and I was like, I need to get out of here. So I applied to the art school, um, in the city and I had done some choir and I sort of acted. So I was like, I guess I'll do musical theater. (laughs) So I had to take like dance classes, Mm -hmm. like, I'm a really bad. Dancer. I did some musicals. <laughs> nice. Which ones? Uh, uh, the first musical I was in is Sweet Charity. Cool. You know that movie <laughs> musical? There's a movie version of it. Shirley MacLaine uh, plays Sweet Charity. <laughs> a, a choreography by Bob Fosse. Okay, original choreography. Oh, nice, nice. And then I, I was, uh, I was in, yeah, and I was in Greece. I was Kaniki in Greece. This is all at the, at Cypress Junior College in Orange County, and. Uh, Nice. And then I was in the musical Bat Boy. Love that musical. Oh yeah. You ever heard of that That's musical? That's a cool one. It's yeah. really cool. I love that oh, musical. Oh cool. Really fun. Those are yeah. Those are. I mean, other than Greece. I mean, people have whatever about Greece, but Bat Boy is cool and like. I played Kaneki. Altern- alternative musicals. I was so nervous. Movie? I had to sing Grease Lightning and uh, on opening night they had like a fake car I would like, roll out on, and then there's the <laughs> dance break when I had to roll on top of the car, put my head, do a handstand inside the car and so no one could see my 
face. What? I threw up into my mouth and like ugh, to the side of me. And then I rolled off the car, kept kept singing the song. No one ever, never, no one ever knew. So you just had you spit up, yeah, <laughs> like upside down. Uh-huh. Well, this budget, that's that's insane. You had like all that shit on stage. Yeah, it's like, it, it, yeah. I mean, yes, it was like it's a you know funded school or what uh, production. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a car. You could tell that it was Eddie. <laughs> okay. Eddie, the stagehand, was like under wiggling oh. the car and like locking oh. it in. You know, it, stage hands, stage it was, there's cool. some suspension of disbelief <laughs> occurring. But okay, that's, yeah. all to say, uh, that's that's my story about that. I was so nervous to sing. <laughs> yeah, singing is hard. I would mm-hmm. get like emotional and I would just sing in a different key. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not yeah, a great singer. It's tough. Uh, it's tough. And I um I applied for um like all the BFA programs. Cause that's what mm-hmm. I felt like I was supposed to do. And I just would bomb the singing and dancing. I could <laughs> like me in like tights, like trying to do those like jazz routines. Like I can't believe I did that. Um, but I got into NYU for straight theater. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's funny that it's called straight theater. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> As if theater and... is not on a spectrum. <laughs> right. Get real. Straight theater, never heard of it. Never heard of it. (laughs) Yeah, but like for real. Uh, You mean like Fox News? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Wait, what? Wait. You made a Fox News joke and I went, okay, you have one. Yeah. I'll probably cut it out. But now I'm not going to cut it out because I said I'm going to cut it out. You know, that's a podcast thing. You learn that, you know, I've been in the biz for a while. So... um, (laughs) So you went to NYU? No big, I no did. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No big what deal. What was it like? Was it debt. cool? Yeah. It was you it was intense. Mm-hmm. I I did. I was in Meisner and I think they put a, a lot of emphasis on crying. <laughs> so it was a lot of it was like a, I have like a BFA and like at least trying to cry. <laughs> mm. Um and I think that sometimes made me kind of in my head. Um, and also you think of your teachers as like gods um, and you just like seek validation constantly from them. Uh, but I just did, I did like intense theater stuff. I did Shakespeare. I did a whole year of Shakespeare. Um, hmm. And I thought that I was going to be a stage actor, but I don't think I knew what that meant. And once I got out of school, it was being a stage actor was like working at a restaurant, uh, many restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. and then I moved to LA, uh, with my friend in her little hatchback. We just like put all our shit in there. Um, I had never even been, and I'd never wow. been on camera whatsoever. Um, wow. Good for you. Yeah. I was always really into movies. Like I had like, uh, like a, I still have my 400 blows poster from when I was in like fifth grade. Like I like, Fifth grade, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I was very, I was pretend, I was way, way more pretentious than I am now. Fifth grade, (laughs) Mm -hmm. umbrellas. I loved umbrellas of Cherbeau. Good lord. Well, I wanted to watch like bad things too. You know, like I wanted, like Mm -hmm. I liked watching. Like we had like a Kubrick box set, and I would like watch Eyes Wide Shut. Like way too young. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I think. I feel like like making movies has like kind of brought me back to 
um, that time when I was, I don't know, I felt, felt kind of like a poser in theater. Like I didn't like see that much theater. I thought, I thought I was like kind of elitist yeah. sometimes with like the extremely expensive like tickets. And I um, hear you. I, I, I hear that. I love the yeah. theater. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love. Mm-hmm. It's so great. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that is true. And yeah. who's to say, you know, obviously any sort of film or <laughs> scripted work, it's all this owned by the corporate, you know, it's all, mm-hmm. we're all compromised on a certain level, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, it's how we can kind of, you know, where we draw our own personal lines. Like, yeah, yeah, that's tough. I think it's exciting that fit like at least for, stuff online like someone could watch my movie like on their iphone using mcdonald's wi-fi <laughs> like i think that's very like like the theater really like cool. cinema is meant to be taken in <laughs> yes i want to mcdonald's be, like... wi-fi on a phone <laughs> sometimes i've had like very like i first watched like florida project on my phone at the uh-huh. gym and i was just like sobbing like i don't think like wow I think I I enjoy like testing what I make on different screens. So like, it's not like, mm-hmm. I hear that. I'm not like a too much of a purist about it. Um, I hear that. I hear that. But in LA, I, I, uh, did American folk with Vanishing Angle. And that's mm-hmm. how I know you. Um, right. and I was like, Oh, I'm a movie star now. <laughs> really? So I was like, Oh yeah. Uh, no, it's okay but to I was admit like, it. Af- after that, like I thought I was just going to be like, I get that. Well, I think I, you know, I prod because I think that's a common feeling or experience. First thing Mm -hmm. I booked on TV were interstitials, which is like little kind of sketch sketches Mm -hmm. uh, for a comedy central, um, like Thanksgiving uh, thing. It was like Ving break. It was called Ving break instead of spring break. (laughs) And this is like when I was like doing, you know, I was like doing improv, trying to like, mm-hmm. that, was a, that was the first thing I booked. And, I, you know, I was like, and this is back in the day too. This is like, I was sending out postcards to agents. Like, this is it. Aww. Like, uh-huh. you're going to see me on TV <laughs> and gonna you're going to be like, excuse me. Yeah, I got the postcard. And uh, yeah, I saw the Ving break interstitials. They're playing all weekend. <laughs> Watched it with my family. And the answer is yes, you're in, you know, you made it. And now we're just going to tell you where to go every day. You're going to do this project. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to do that project. And that does happen for a lot of people, you know, and I I definitely always longed for that. Mm -hmm. Never fully happened for me. And I think that it's okay to uh, process like whatever, just, it's because of who I am and whatever my, you know, like mm-hmm. what I'm like capable or not capable of at any yeah. given time, you know? And, uh, yeah. And I, I didn't, I didn't have the, the hunger for that. Oh, I've made it was not strong enough for me to mm-hmm. continue auditioning. Like, and with the, the, these scripts that were so fucking bad and mm-hmm. like my agent, like, Hardly knew who I was, like, couldn't, tried to place me in, like, kind of plus size stuff, but, like, didn't really get it, like, didn't, mm. like, uh, I just was, like, I got very, I was very over it with, especially with some, like, bad, um, like, classic LA um, uh, on set experiences. I was, like, I don't think I want to audition anymore. Yeah. So I just started making my own stuff uh, because of Tangerine mm. that shot on an iPhone. I, like, 
was religiously um would like I tried to get like the clip on that he had like the like lens thing uh mm-hmm. I it, so I would just like film very strange um sketches with my iPhone and it was yeah. fun and then are these, I mean, sketches different from the, some of the short films you made? Or is that kind of like what you, well, like scenes, yeah, shorts, or, or they're sketches? Like vid- videos. Yeah. <laughs> I got really, um, it was the first time I um, really edited anything. And I would just do cr- crazy effects. I would speed everyone's voices up or slow them down. Mm-hmm. Like, I was having so much fun. I guess, I mean, with, with Provo too, like, reimagining it in the edit was very exciting for me. Um hmm. And, and then I started to make like short films mm-hmm. um, and like a couple of them like went to some festivals, but nothing like huge. Um, okay. I, I, I had like, great. one of my favorite ones is like, as like is 17 minutes long. Like that's not what festival programmers want. They want like visually impactful, like bite size, like six minute thing. And that isn't that, that's just not me. Uh, that's why I'm like, I feel so much I've, I have so much more freedom in like a feature structure or like hopefully like some kind of like TV structure. Like the, it's more expansive for me. It was really hard to like yeah. get so small. Longer, longer form. You like yeah. journey, story, our character, mm-hmm. the whole shebang. Let's live with these people. Let's get in there. Let's yeah. see what they're up to. Yes. I hear you. Yeah. I think that's uh, the art of the short film. I mean, it, yeah, each... Mm-hmm. Each form has its own ins and outs, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. I know what you mean. So I, I definitely, in my time doing improv and sketch, like I had a hard time with sketch writing kind of clicking for me, you know, where you'd, mm-hmm. you'd think like, this is the, this is short as something can be, you know, <laughs> like know. three to five pages, like uh-huh. write it. But somehow it felt easier, you know, like I felt a little more clear about trying to write a hundred pages than five, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. There, but I'm you know, try to grow in different directions yeah. though, for sure. I think it always helps, yeah. you know, to, to mm-hmm. try, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and it's like how I learned how to make movies, like with all, with all yeah, of, of course. my shorts that I would shamelessly post. Like I didn't give a fuck. I was just posting, posting, posting. Um, but I'm glad oh, yeah. I did because it made people like ex- ex- excited about at least my excitement I don't even know if they had seen my work but uh it it grew my community I think and I started to learn from my friends um how to make movies so yeah the more you're doing the more you do it the more you're doing it (laughs) the more you are well Jack Plotnick great actor great acting teacher um known from around from for years in LA but he he would he would always encourage that you know with actors just like shoot stuff shoot on your phone Um, work on scenes Mm -hmm. you know because you want to be in the energy of creating stuff and yeah yeah and it does matter the kind of frequency you're you're vibrating on you know and uh you can really see yes because i i i have a similar experience because in like when i was doing stuff at UCB was also like late aughts when like funny or die was starting to happen and mm-hmm. college humor and say what you will about those companies and uh, whatever. But like it was a period of get a camera and mm-hmm. write something and shoot something and then edit it together yeah. and then do it over again. And like mm-hmm. 
hundreds of them. And yeah, not all of them are like need to be watched ever again, but that's not the point. You know, it's, you got to try and do your bad sketches and until you like have done it a bunch of times and you've learned, Mm -hmm. you know, because that definitely equipped me for the bigger stuff. And Mm -hmm. I can, you can see that with you too, you know, where it builds Mm -hmm. the short films build to making a, a damn feature film, which is what you did. And even like you said, it's so cool talking about like film school or not or acting school, whatever, like Mm -hmm. to champion something like that, like you did and to actually do it, there just is no other. That's all that a film school ever is trying to be is trying to initiate and kind of like give a framework to do the thing. That's Mm -hmm. all (laughs) what life is. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to instill in my kids, like trying to get them to like be bad at something for a long time, you know, like get him used to being like my son's two something, you know, and it's like, you suck at putting on your shoes right now, but you get a little better every day, you know? And, you know, just the, the that feeling of, yeah, tr- failing a bunch and then getting mm-hmm. to where you're like, actually, I now have a sense of how to do this, you know? Cause then it doesn't go away. Right. That's how you, mm-hmm. you get it in there. But uh, yeah. that's so cool. I love that. And good on you. You know, I think it's inspiring and why I wanted to talk to you and, and hear your story and record it. And, you know, cause I know that other students and, you know, people, not students, whoever, you know, so many of us are just have filmmaking in our soul, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever, wherever we sit in terms of, the actual industry or the indie industry or the, you know, whatever, but like Mm -hmm. creative creativity is universal and people want to make movies everywhere and they should, and movies are magic. And, and you, you did it. You just opened your heart to it and you just were like, whatever it means to do it, I'm about to do it because that's what you Mm -hmm. committed to. And so if it means carrying a bunch of shit at night that you're like, (laughs) what am I doing? That's what it means. It means mm-hmm. having ultra long discussions with the same people in the same hotel rooms and yeah. and being like, oh, that person, the way they do that thing sucks. And like, we're all in the same freaking hotel room. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's also the gift of creating something and then seeing it through, being the director, being all those yeah. things. You're the one that carries the mm-hmm. torch, you know, and you are the through line. Yeah. And uh, yes. I'm very excited for people to uh, to see your film. And, and I'm excited for you that it's the first one and you have more on the way and uh, mm-hmm. that it's inside of you, you know, because I think that's yeah. really what it boils down to, why anyone should like get with other people to try to finish a script, try to finish a movie, try to actually mm-hmm. do something, you know, it's the simple thing of you either did it or you didn't do it. And the lesson mm-hmm. is in just finishing it and... And so now that's yeah. inside of you and no one can ever take that away from you. No, no. Uh, what, one of my director friends, I think he's actually quoting someone else, but he, he, this was really helpful. Oh, my mom's doggies are it's going okay. off. Um, he said that uh, with uh, picture locking, I was just having like some paralysis of like ch- of choice and like indecision. Um, and he said that art is never finished. It is abandoned. And I was like, mm-hmm. it kind of made me sad. Cause I was like, I don't want to abandon it, but, also, it's like, that's okay if it's not perfect. Uh, I mm-hmm. like things that aren't perfect. I like people who aren't perfect. Um, so, yeah. 
That's how you know a human being made it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Definitely a lot of artists that'll try to fudge it up a little bit just to make it human. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that's, I love that. And I love uh, ending there. I think uh, what a lovely discussion that's now been going on for 55 minutes and 55 seconds. Okay? Wow. And counting. Um Emma, you're the best. Always a pleasure you're to talk best. to you. And uh, I'm excited for people to hear it. And yeah, you just abandon it and move to the next one, right? Hell yeah. You take it with abandon. you. Yeah. There's no satisfaction at any time whatsoever. There's only a divine <laughs> no. queer dissatisfaction that flows through us and makes us more alive than the others. That's, Damn. <laughs> that's Martha Graham talking to Agnes oh. DeMille in that, you know, that letter that oh, cool. every actor sent. Uh, other actors uh at least every actor i ever met uh really i'll send it to you it's a good uh, it's a good letter it's it's for being a creative type you know it's like cool so your job is just to do it not to judge it and if you don't do it it'll be lost mm-hmm. but uh and there's no satisfaction you're never going to be like at peace or satisfied you'll just be a little no. dissatisfied but in an inspired way to try to just make some more stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, good work you good work congratulations Provo <laughs> is the you. film keep an eye out for it uh, any plugs Any where can people find you online When? how do they uh, follow to know when your movie's out what the heck yeah uh, you can go to the movie website it's provofeaturefilm.com uh, I'm very I, I post on Instagram uh, like too much so if you want to follow me it's Emma Thatcher with an extra R. Um, it's going to be um, the Provo trailer is going to be featured on the new season of Project Greenlight um, with Lisa Ray, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm awesome. a, fi- a finalist. I'm not the like the one who makes the studio movie and the cameras follow you around forever and there's lots of drama. Um, Better to just but... be a finalist. Yeah, I've always said that. <laughs> hmm. I hope I'm not just a finalist forever, but um, for that, I think it's okay. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Look out for it. Well, cool. keep it rocking, you know? You're the best. You're the best. And just like freaking, you know? Mm-hmm. Go see how your mom's doing, you know? See how, see how it's going out there in Evanston. <laughs> All right. Evanston. <laughs> All right, Emma. All right.